have a seat. Hey, can we take just a minute? Can we honor our incredible pastors, Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette? Amen. There is no doubt in my mind that none of us in this room, or if you're watching online, would be here today if it wasn't for them and the calling that they had in their heart to come to the city of Asheville and to make a difference in this city. And so I don't know about you guys, my life has been completely changed uh, because of their leadership. And so can we just honor them one more time? We love our pastors here. Amen. And hey, before I get too far, can we just really focus on what that video just said that I am the favorite staff member here in on, on staff. I am the favorite. That's right, Nikki, I'm the favorite. That's right, Justin, I'm the favorite. They're giving me thumbs down. I'm the favorite, okay? Although I was reminded this morning that Pastor Kirk had said that another time to another staff member. So maybe I don't feel that special, I don't know. Hey, if you guys uh, are online, I want to welcome you guys this morning. Today is truly going to be a great day. And like Elizabeth talked about uh, with the angel tree, if you're online and you want to participate in that, you can actually do that uh, by going to the church website and going to the give page to be able to do that as well. We don't want to just make it all about the people in the room. We want to focus on our church family this morning. And so, hey, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this week is a very important week in the life of our nation, right? Uh, the election is happening on Tuesday. And so if you didn't know that, you must have been living under a rock for the past, I don't know, eight months or something like that. And so if you were, I wanna come live with you because I don't know about you, I am tired of all the political stuff, the text messages, the phone calls, the mailers. I'm ready for it to stop. Can I get a witness in this place? Amen. And so, you know, as I was thinking about it, there are three things that I know about this election. Number one, and, and this is true all the time. Number one is this, is that uh, God is the one that appoints and he removes leaders, right? It is, it is God who appoints and removes leaders. And so if the person who you are voting for or who you voted for wins, cool, that's great. Uh, if the person who you are gonna vote for or you voted for does not win, I wanna encourage you to not be upset about it, uh, to not reject that leader, to, to not be hateful to that person because again, God is the one that appoints. And the second thing is this, is that God is in control. And so when you show hate and rejection, what you're doing is saying, I hate and reject God and the person who he's put in place. And so God is in control. Everything that he's doing is all for his glory and for the kingdom. We don't know why or what's gonna happen, but we know that God is in control. And the third thing is this, is that the president is not our savior. The president is not our savior. Like I, I'm reminded that the Israelites, they were look, they thought Jesus was going to be their political savior. Like they're looking at him as that he was gonna free them from the Roman government, but that's not why he came. He came to give freedom to the Israelites for their souls. And that's why he came to be our savior, to be our king and to be our Lord. And so we've got to look to Jesus to be our savior and not to the president. And so I think that it would be a disservice if we did not pray for our nation, if we did not pray for our, the election, and we did not pray for, even for our pastors. So would you guys just join me in prayer real quick? Father, we come to you right now. 
greatly humbled to be uh, able to be in a, in a church or watching ch- church online. God, we thank you that we have this ability, we have this privilege. Father, we pray for our nation that, God, you would heal our land right now. Father, we pray that for wisdom to, to be over our nation, to be, uh, have wisdom for our leaders in this nation, Father. Father, we pray for unity over all across our nation. Father God, we pray for a peace that surpasses all understanding to know that, God, you are in control. And so, Father God, we pray that as uh, our president is getting elected, whether it's President Trump or uh, former Vice President Biden, that, Father God, that they would uh, hold true to biblical values, that, Father God, they would usher in the presence of God. We pray for our pastors as they are away. God, we pray refreshment. God, we pray safety as they travel to and from. And God, we pray a revitalization over their life. And I pray that, Father God, you would speak through me in these next few minutes. And I pray that, God, you would just pour out your love over the football team that you love. And that is the Indianapolis Colts. If you can agree with that, let me hear a shout amen. amen. Hey, I got one amen. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Hey. Hey, we are uh, continuing this series, Living Your Highest Life, and and Pastor has been teaching out of Colossians chapter 3 that says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. How many guys have been to the eye doctor recently? Anybody, anybody been to the eye doctor recently? Uh, anybody like going to the eye doctor? Uh, okay, you guys are weird, okay? I hate going to the eye doctor. Like, I, okay, I just hate going to the doctor, period. The only doctor I like to go to is the dentist, okay? I know I'm weird, because people are like, the dentist, that sounds terrible. But I love going to the dentist, but I hate going to the eye doctor, because I do not like when they put the little droplets in my eyes to dilate them, right? I just don't like it. I don't like to be able to see the blurry vision, everything like that. But I, I absolutely hate when they say, and they put the little contraption on your face and they say, all right, which is better, one or two? One or two? Because I don't know about you guys, but I start to get a little anxiety in my spirit. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I mean, one and two kind of look pretty close to the same. I, I, the one maybe, I, I guess one. And so because what, what can happen sometimes is that our eyes can be deceived, right? One looks good and two looks good. And so I think that what that scripture is saying is that we've got to focus our eyes on God, that we've got to, we cannot look at our situation with our own eyes, but we've got to focus and view our situation from God's perspective. And so today I want to title this message, The Spirit of Boldness, The Spirit of Boldness. And so we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, and if you've ever been in church for a period of time, uh, or if you know the Bible, I could probably, I could say the name David, and you're probably going to have a couple different thoughts, but you're probably going to think of one particular story in the Bible, and that is David versus Goliath. That's right, David versus Goliath. And so David was a shepherd's boy, but Goliath was this nine foot tall giant. 
And so if I think about what Goliath might look like, I, I could see him, again, he's a giant, he's nine foot tall. He's got these broad, massive shoulders. He's got these muscles that are bulging. He's got veins piercing through his arms and his legs. He's got calves of steel. And if I'm, I'm thinking about it, it probably looks a lot like me, okay? Probably looks a lot like me. Uh, you just can't see it because I've got, you know, a, a jacket on. That's, that's the problem. And so he's this massive giant. And so for 40 days, he is taunting the Israelites and he's sitting there going, come on, fight me. Like, come on, let's fight. Let's, go, let's get in a fight. Let's go. I'm about to take you down. He's like, Let, you, come on, send me your best fighter. Send me somebody. So he's bullying the Israelites. And so it says in verse 11 that the Israelites were terrified and deeply shaken. It says in verse 24 that as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. And so the Israelites, their perception caused them to be full of fear, right? What, what they saw in front of them, they saw this nine foot giant, what they saw caused fear and, and, and caused them to doubt and caused them to, be, to, to run away. And so if we look and view our world from our perspective, how many know that sometimes it can create fear inside of our world, right? I mean, we can look at the election this year, tomorrow or on Tuesday, and, and we can see there's some fear that is happening inside of people. They're, they're, they have these what if moments. Well, what if President Trump gets reelected? What, what is the country going to look like then? Or what if Vice President Biden gets elected? What will the world look like then? And so it, it starts to create fear inside of us. Having what ifs starts to create fear inside of us. I mean, we, we can look over the past eight, nine months with the coronavirus and we can think, well, if I get the virus, what is going to happen to me, right? Am I gonna have to go to the hospital? Am I going to get really, really sick? And will I die? Or if I get it, what if I get it? What if I don't even realize I have it and I give it to someone else? What if? And a lot of times, what if can cause us to get fearful? And see, the enemy knows this. And so the enemy is taunting us because the enemy knows that if we are fearful, that it is going to keep us from living our highest life. That, that if we are fearful and we have doubt and we are scared, that we're going to retreat and we're gonna run away because we are full of fear and it's gonna keep us from living our highest life. And so the enemy is continuing to taunt us. He's continuing to bully us. So that way we stay fearful. And here's what I know, that fear talks us into settling for lesser things. It, it talk, fear paralyzes us. That, that if we are afraid to get the coronavirus, that we're gonna stay isolated in, in our own little bubble, in our own little world. That we're not gonna continue to live our life, but we're gonna stay isolated in where we are right now. It, it keeps us from moving forward that that if we're afraid to step out of our comfort zone, that we're not gonna put ourselves out there and we stay stuck in dead-end jobs. We, we stay stuck in the same rut, the routine, the same rut that we have every single day. Or, or we stay in that 
awful and abusive relationship because we are afraid and we think, well, what if I put myself out there? Or what if I try to leave? This is the best that I can do. And so I don't know about you guys, but I have been paralyzed by fear. I'll be honest, every single day this week, I've been paralyzed by fear about preaching today. I've been in my office hiding, crying, questioning, God, is, did you really call me to do this today? And so I've been like, I've been paralyzed and it's kept me from moving forward and it's kept me from not having faith to say, God, you've given me a word to preach to these people. God, you've given me a word to help freedom, to help somebody break out of this, to give them a new perspective. And so I have been full of fear this week. I'll be honest, I woke up this morning, I didn't wanna come, I was full of fear. But I know that God is in this place and God's giving me word. And so we sometimes get paralyzed by fear, but we also, it causes us to run away. I wanna go on vacation this week. I wanted to leave. Pastors, can I come? Can I come with you guys? And so, you know, when the Israelites, when they saw Goliath, they started to run away. They got fearful, they got full of doubt. They weren't sure that, that they could overcome him. And so if we are gonna live our highest life, we have to have a spirit of boldness. And so that's the main point that I wanna make today. If you get nothing else out of this today, that's my main point. If you're going to live your highest life, you have to have a spirit of boldness. And so we have to have a spirit of boldness to go against the crowd. And so as David is running out, it says in verse 22, it says that as David is going out to meet the, the rest of the army, to meet his brothers, that Goliath comes out and he starts taunting and he starts bullying them and it causes the other Israelites to run away, right? And so David and the, the army, they're about to have a head-on collision because he's going out and they're running back in. How many know that sometimes it is easy to go with the flow, right? Uh, some of you guys are gonna think I'm gross and disgusting, but I and my family, we love to float down the French Broad River. Some people are like, ew, gross. Do you know how disgusting that thing is? Ew, nasty. Listen, I don't judge you, don't judge me, but I love, it's so relaxing, sunshine, the water, I'm a, I'm a, I love water, I love pools, I love rivers, I love lakes, I love oceans, I love it all. And so uh, this summer, you know, we took our 14-year-old foster son, and he is a free spirit, okay? If you know anything about him, he likes just to have fun. He's a little wild and crazy sometimes, and so, and he's independent too. And so we're floating down the river, and he's like, I don't need a tube, forget having a tube. And so he's just floating in the river. He's got his life jacket on and everything. He's like, hey, he's playing around. And so he's trying to get back on his tube at some point. And I'm like far down the river. You know, I could still see him. Don't worry, I'm still a good parent, okay? And so I could still see him. And so he's having a hard time getting back on his tube. And so I'm trying to swim back to get him. I'm trying to swim against the current. And it was challenging to try to go against the current. And so that's what, and, and so if we are going to have a spirit of boldness, if we're going to live our highest life, how many know that the crowd likes to go the easy route? They like to, 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 to kind of give up and to kind of quit and to float through life. But we have to be Christians who are gonna rise up and who are gonna fight against the culture. 
who are gonna fight against the crowd, who are gonna fight against you know, being lazy and taking it easy and being average. If we are going to be, uh, if we're gonna live our highest life, we cannot be average. And so we have to fight against the culture. We've gotta fight against the crowd. And so David was fighting against the crowd. And so I, I wanna encourage you today that we need Christians who will run and fight in battle. You know, I feel like the, the enemy has continued to taunt us, especially this year, that he's left us fearful. He's left us full of doubt. But what we need is that we need Christians to rise up and to fight against the enemy, to not back down, to not quiet ourselves, to not be shy, but to be bold and fight against the crowd, to fight against the culture of what's happening. We need Christians to rise up and to proclaim the name of Jesus in our nation. We need Christians to pray for our nation. We need Christians to not, you know, when it comes to worship, to not just Kind of sit there and be like, okay, yeah. But we need Christians and we need believers to lift your hands in worship and declare that Jesus is King and He is Lord. We don't have to be shy. We don't have to be afraid because Jesus gave His life for us. And so we need to fight against the crowd. And the second point that I want to make today is this, is that we need a spirit of boldness to fight back. We, we need a spear of boldness to fight back. And so the enemy has been bullying us all year. The enemy has been bullying you in your life. The enemy has been bullying me into fear and into doubt. And so what happens is that it causes us to be afraid. It, it causes us to be fearful, that, that we're afraid to speak for or we're afraid to speak up for something. We're afraid to live our life because of the coronavirus. We're afraid to parent our children because we feel like if we, don't, if we force our children to go to church or if we tell them that they can't do something, that they're gonna one day reject us. But what I know is this, is that the Bible says that if we train our child in the way that they should go, that they will not depart. That does not mean that they're not gonna go crazy, but that they will eventually come back and they will pursue after the king. Listen, parents, don't be fearful of what your child might do one day. Listen, be a parent and parent your child. I, I can speak to that because I'm a foster dad. And there are moments and there are times where I just wanna quit, I wanna give up, I, I can't deal with it sometimes and just whatever, do your thing. But I know that God has put me in a place to foster that child, to be the best dad that I can and I'm going to hold that standard high. I'm gonna hold that standard high so that way he's got something to, to, to kind of go after. But the, sometimes the enemy starts to battle. The, the giant starts to battle. The giant starts to taunt and to bully us. And sometimes it, the, if we look at our perspective, it can be scary and it can be daunting. But let me just tell you this, is that quit letting the enemy taunt you. Quit letting the enemy bully you into submission. Quit letting the enemy stop you from pursuing your highest life. I love what it says in verse 34 to 37. It says that David, that he says that when a lion or a bear would come to steal a lamb from his flock, that he would go after it with a club and he would rescue the lamb from its mouth. 
If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have, I have done this with both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too for he defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Listen, the, the enemy is bullying us. The enemy is telling you that you're not worthless or that you're worthless. The enemy's telling you that you cannot overcome your addiction. The enemy's telling you that you're not a good parent. The enemy's telling you that you can't do it. But let me just tell you that sometimes you gotta grab the enemy by the jaw and you gotta take your club, which is the Bible, and you gotta start beating the crap out of that enemy. You gotta start beating it. You gotta start proclaiming the word of God in your life. It says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, that this is a double-edged sword, that when we take it, that it will cut flesh, it will cut lies, and the lies of the enemy that he's telling you are bullying you into submission. Listen, we, we, we gotta club the lies of the enemy. When that bully starts to rise up, you gotta take that word and see, you gotta have a word in your heart to say, you know what? Mm -mm, I don't think so, Jesus, or I don't think so, devil. I'm gonna destroy you with the word of God. I'm gonna take my club and I'm gonna start telling that I am worthy enough, that I don't need this or I don't need that. I have enough because of what Jesus has done on the cross. It goes on to say in verse 40, it says, that he picked up five stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd bag. Then armed with only his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goes on to say in verse 49, reaching into the shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, Goliath stumbled and fell face down. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. I love what that says. It's that David used the enemy's weapon. See, the enemy is taunting you. And he's bullying you to try to get you to submit, to try to get you to quit, to try to get you to, to stop, and to try to get you to not live your highest life, but let me tell you that what the enemy is trying to use to destroy you with, what the enemy is trying to do to, to use to kind of get you to stop, to not, to not get you to live your highest life, is that God will turn that around and, and we are gonna use that to destroy the enemy. That the enemy does not have power over us because Jesus went to the cross and he went to the grave so that way we could have freedom that death has no control over us that Satan has no control over us anymore I'm gonna have you guys stand to your feet and we're gonna close out here in just a second let me encourage you with this that we have boldness because what Jesus did on the cross it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Listen, Jesus gave his life so that way we can have confidence. Jesus gave his life so we could have courage. The covenant of Jesus gives us boldness, gives us courage, gives us a hope. 
that we don't have to fear because Jesus is fighting for us. He went to the grave to fight our battles. He went to the grave to fight our challenges. And so we've got to get the viewpoint. We've got to get our perspective from Jesus and not ourselves. Come on, let's all worship together. We thank you that the power of the cross has given us. We thank you for the sacrifice that you have gave for our life. Thank you, God, that there is an empty tomb right now that because of that, we have freedom and we have confidence in the name of Jesus, that we start to look at our stuff. God, we start to look at our situation, not from our eyes, but God, we can look at it from your eyes, that you defeated death on the cross and you had, there's an empty grave right now and we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna take a minute, I wanna give anybody in this room an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord. You know, the Romans says that, that when we believe in our heart, that we have faith in our heart and we declare it with our mouth, that that moment is where, where we are saved. And maybe you're here today and you wanna give your life to Christ. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're ready to come back to him. I wanna give you that moment this morning. If you're watching online, this moment is for you as well. I wanna to count to three and all I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand where you say, yes, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I'm ready to have a spirit of boldness to not look at my situation from my eyes, but to look at it through the eyes of Christ. One, God loves you. Two, you're never gonna be the same. Three, if that's you, ask you raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna everybody repeat this prayer after me. And this is for anybody who's said yes to Jesus today. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I'm coming back to you. Help me to be the person that you've created me to be. Today's a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender my life to you. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Amen.